I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, it's Tuesday the 22nd of September. Welcome to the COB. I'm Ingrid Williams. I'm here with David Scott talking the day's moves in markets. Not as bad as it could have been after what we saw on Wall Street overnight, Scotty. Only really weakening off uh, by about half a percent at the end of the session. Yeah, not horrendous, uh, not great at the same time. So a bit of a meh session uh, on, on Tuesday, following a bit of weakness to go and start the week as well, which I think may have cushioned the fall today. Uh, but interesting to see uh, in context of what we saw overnight, particularly in Europe, where, let's be honest, major stock indices there, particularly the DAX in Germany, were absolutely hammered mm. on concerns about what's going on with the virus outbreak there. It's an interesting. You made a good point on air earlier today about what we're seeing sort of things, how they were at the start of the pandemic with tech stocks doing particularly well, some of the more traditional stocks doing a little worse. Um, certainly, that's what we've been seeing overnight as well on Wall Street. It's flowed through to us here at home. Tech sort of seeing a resurgence of sorts after a few weeks of some downside. Yeah, all those growth sectors have been the ones that have outperformed today. So technology here, uh, healthcare have done very well as well. Uh, the consumer discretionary uh, also, you now consumer staples, I've got to say, was quite a strange one. I find that uh, a little bit uh, no, unusual, particularly you no know, given we're basically coming out of lockdown. So, but anyway, I digress. But uh, it really is interesting to go and see what's happening there. Uh, the cyclicals and the value uh, you know, side of the market was really hit hard today. And I was just thinking, like, no, it was only last week that everyone was getting optimistic about a potential vaccine arriving mm. before the end of the year. We've got some uh, some phase three trial results coming out from numerous parties as scheduled to be by the end of this month. That's only a week away. Yep. But uh, the market doesn't seem to be too uh, too focused on virus vaccines for the time being. No, it's, 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 it's hard to get too focused on that, even though we should be, because what you see in Europe at the moment is restrictions coming back in place, more curfews on pubs and clubs um, being announced by Boris Johnson. It, there's just a lot of talk here about, I guess, the virus resurging across the globe and what that means for markets. And I think you bring that home to Australia. And yes, we're starting to look at the recovery story. We're starting to see a silver lining but the question remains until we have a vaccine will we see more lockdowns here at home will that restrict small business will that flow through to things like gdp and also we've got job keeper in focus which also at the end of the week is coming off in sorts yeah so job seeker is going to go be revised lower there this week uh, end of next week will be job keeper will be uh will be revised lower as well to a lower and two-tiered rate uh, that's been in the price for a long time we know that's coming obviously it's going to go and impact uh, income for some mm. australians uh, compared to what we've seen in the past. But I think all things being equal, Ingrid, uh, now when you look around how we're performing here, Victoria excluded, and even then Victoria is doing much better and is showing some pretty positive signs of late. But uh, you put us up against what's happening in the United States and what's happening in Europe. Now you've got uh, no fiscal dramas there, you've got vaccine, oh, sorry, uh, virus dramas there. You've got civil unrest in a number of parts of you know, both uh, continental Europe and uh, in the United States, uh, a, a very, politically polarised environment in the uh, the US ahead of the election. Mm. 
I know where I'd rather be standing right now, and I'm glad I'm hitting in, in Sydney because uh, I think all things considered, Australia is doing very well at this stage, and long may it continue. Hopefully, the rest of the world can go and, uh, and you know, take some, uh, some leads from us. Well, this is true, but look at what's going on with the RBA. We heard from Guy DeBell a little earlier, of course, in his speech. Uh, he mentioned currency intervention. I know you've got this in your Scuddy's view today, um, Scuddy, a bit, a bit of talk about Guy DeBell, but we've also seen NAB come out off the back of this and say there's a significant risk of a cut to the cash rate to 10 basis points from here. There's been a growing chorus of people uh, saying this, but they're the first of the big four banks to actually come out and officially put it in their view. Yeah, it's interesting. So they're saying the uh, three-yield uh, target and uh, term funding facility rate will be also cut by 15 basis points to, uh, to 10 basis points, mm. uh, along with the, uh, the cash rate being reduced to 10 basis points as well. Also talking about the prospect of uh, outright QE purchases in the five to 10 year uh, area of the curve. Uh, basically, that would go and help to go and help a lot of our semis, uh, state government uh, bond uh, issuance and keep yields low there. It's, um, I'm actually a little bit surprised by that. Now, I think there's going to be easing too, uh, yeah. first and foremost, but it's almost identical to what I wrote uh, last week when it came to my views on the, uh, on the RBA. Just to me, I look back at what the RBA's performance has been when it comes to its inflation and employment mandate mm. during much better economic times than what we're going to be going through the next couple of years. And the bank has a horrendous track record of, uh, of meeting those objectives. Now, to say that on its current benchmark forecast, it doesn't see anything coming close to mm. those mandates for at least three years. I think the board's going to get frustrated with the speed of the recovery and will go and do more. So I'm not surprised that NAB's coming out. I suspect that there'll be others who will follow suit. But the question here is, do they go further, Scuddy? I mean, does it actually make a difference to the real economy or is this just rhetoric that needs to be done or action that needs to be taken by the RBA to be shown to actually working towards that inflation mandate that they talk about? Oh, look, in my opinion, when it comes to monetary and fiscal policy, monetary policy has now got a secondary role to go and play. Any additional easing here is only going to be helpful at the margin. But what monetary policy needs to be is supportive for fiscal policy. So that's to go and keep borrowing costs low for a long period of time and to go and keep them there until the recovery is well and truly underway. What are the chances of seeing this cut on on uh, budget day? Because of course, the RBA meets the same day the budget's released, or the budget, I guess, will be released in the evening. So the RBA will meet just ahead of that. Is it likely they will wait to see what happens with fiscal policy before making a move or is a decision made? Uh, I suggest the decision is made. I, su I suggest the uh, RBA and the government are probably in pretty uh, close talks. It's not a time to be like, no second guessing with each other. No, Can't I know. Really I know be, can they? No, well, there's independence in the bank, certainly. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to the scenario that we're dealing with at the moment, there has to be some coordination mm. between the various groups to go and support the economy. It's not a time to be playing games. No, we're going to have people who are going to be out of work for a long period of time. We're going yeah. to have business failures. So there'll be some pretty good insights as to what's likely to be in the budget and what's not. Uh, if there's going to be a move, I suspect the RBA will go and, in the near term at least, I suspect the RBA will do it in November when it releases its uh, statement of monetary policy, mm. along with its updated uh, fiscal and, uh, and uh, economic forecasts. That will go and give it uh, some, uh, some explanation time to go and say, well, here's why we've done this and move forward. Jobs continuing to go in Australia. I know um, Huawei has talked about this, the technology war, a thousand plus jobs to go in Australia. I mean, this all plays into the, uh, it, although semi-unrelated to what's going on um, with the COVID crisis, but you spoke a little earlier with Huawei's uh, corporate, uh, head of corporate affairs, Jeremy Mitchell, talking about this, this story. It just plays into this China-Australia-US tech war. Yes, I dare say that uh, Jeremy would be a very busy person at the moment with everything that's been going on with Huawei, but uh, not really surprising uh, that, the, uh, that it's pulling back its investment and, uh, and looking to cut jobs, unfortunately. 
but uh, it, the company realistically, and you go back over time, it hasn't managed to address the chief concern, which is the security of users' data mm. on that network. Uh, once it got locked out of that 5G, I know, uh, Spectrum deal, uh, it's going to be very difficult for, the, uh, for that to go and operate to anywhere near the same level as other, uh, other communications providers. Uh, he, he made the point that uh, no, Huawei is still planning to go and have a presence in Australia, but you have to wonder about longer term whether it's going to be worthwhile given the current uh, geopolitical tensions that exist. You know, it's interesting speaking of those geopolitical tensions and how they play out on the Australian market as well between China and Australia. We actually were speaking um, with Hugh Hardiken. He's a senior advisor at uh, the NHFIC. Uh, this is a housing uh, body talking about the drop in international students what this does to house prices with the drop in population. This is somewhat related, although also to obviously to do with closed borders because China's a big part of that, but also um, some of the hotspots, India and Brazil, they're the two other hotspots that we get, um, I guess, incoming students from. Two big hotspots for coronavirus, unlikely to be receiving students uh, from these places anytime soon, at least until borders reopen, including China. So what happens to house prices from this? Expected to lower. We're not seeing that of late though, are we, Scotty? I mean, house prices have been tracking along just fine. Uh, Ex-Victoria, I should yeah, say. Yeah, look, I know there's a bit of, bit of stopness in, in, in Sydney and uh, in Melbourne, but elsewhere in the country, it's fairly, no, no, fairly okay. But you've got to be careful what, when you're speaking to someone, what, uh, what their interests are. Uh, look, to be honest, you've seen a lot of uh, no, population growth is going to be undoubtedly lower. Mm. Uh, that's, that's a given. Uh, but uh, the market you know, finds it equilibrium. It just means that you'll end up basically not building as many places. I uh, already saw that building approvals and the building starts and completions were already coming down anyway. Uh, so I think it definitely have an impact on rental markets and particularly inner city rental markets where they are uh, around the universities. I'm a bit skeptical about uh, house prices per se, uh, only for the fact that uh, no, we've seen the number of uh, foreign transactions uh, go and diminish quite substantially after changes to the FIRB a few years back. Uh, that didn't go and have a massive impact. The, look, the honest thing that happened, the biggest impact on the market was uh, the prolonged period of stable interest rates from the RBA up until recently and the changes uh, made by APRA when it came to mm. my macroprudential tightening. That was the key issue. I know credit availability is going to be the key provider of what happens with house prices, not population growth, it's come credit. Yeah, and when you come down to 0.1%, if that's where the RBA is heading for rates and expected to be lower for longer, People are taking out bigger mortgages that should buoy house prices. Is that your view? Look, what will come down to credit availability and credit availability is determined by what happens in the labour market, the jobs market. Yeah. So we saw some uh, payrolls data come out earlier today. Uh, I've got to say that uh, whilst it's not uh, not absolutely horrible and certainly it's improved off the other uh, lows, uh, I know there are some signs of you know, the second round effects. Professional services, uh, there are signs that uh, renewed job shedding there. So that certainly suggests that maybe some, uh, some higher paid higher skilled roles are starting to be lost mm. now. So that's definitely one to go keep an eye on. But with everything in the housing market, it comes down to, can you go and afford a mortgage to go and repay your loan? If you yeah. can do that, the market's probably gonna be okay. So keep an eye on jobs numbers, RBA uh, and budget coming up really is the summary there. Hey, I wanna to go to the stock of the day. This was on the call today, eye candy, the old eSports really uh, heating up. Yeah, mum used to tell me back in the day to get off my PlayStation because like, you know, I was just wasting time, but look, <laughs> I could have been a superstar of the eSports world. Yeah, exactly. Gary Glover from Novus Capital, Howard Coleman from Team Invest, here's their thoughts. The thing I saw, the share price had jumped quite a lot. Yeah. So when I had a look there, the um, I think it was basically the strategic placement was uh, to an individual there with a background in venue labs, and also he'd sold his business to Groupon for um, oh. for a substantial amount. So looks like they've got a key 
strategic sort of uh, person involved in the business who's got a right. history of turning these types of businesses um, you know, in, into larger mm. ones. You normally get a bit of a shot up in the arm and then, then you'll get a bit of a pause as, um, as the, the road starts to get sort right. of, uh, you know, sort of displayed to the market how it's all going to happen then. Yeah, I'll be waiting for a while, yeah. Right. Hope okay. I can see a few more, get a few more runs on the board to sort of see, uh, yeah, I guess learn a bit more about it. Well, I, it sounds very exciting, you know, 350 million people playing their games. I got quite enthusiastic when I heard that. Um, but then I had a look at the actual financials and every year it's lost approximately the same amount of money as the revenue it generated. So in other words, it generated $1.7 million in sales in 2017 and lost $1.6 million negative profits. So it looks like a lovely story, but not a viable business. So definitely a no from me. That is eye candy, and there's Howard Coleman and Gary Glover speaking on that one, which is the stock of the day. But let's talk about what's coming up tomorrow because we've got some big data, um, I guess, coming up overnight. And tomorrow we've got PMIs, flash PMIs around the globe, uh, but also RBNZ. Yeah, so we're interested to see what the, uh, the Central Bank in New Zealand goes and does. It, uh, there's widespread speculation that uh, it might go and take uh, the cash rate into negative territory at some point. Uh, and term funding facility also uh, in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't expect there's going to be any easing tomorrow when it comes to the RBNZ, uh, but it will probably go and outline what the next steps will be. It seems to be much more proactive on the easing front and willing to go and do whatever it takes to go and borrow uh, Mario Draghi's famous words mm-hmm. of many years ago to go and do whatever it can to go and support that economy. Yeah, PMI is also a big one, just a bit a bit more forward-looking, I guess, um, or coincident, I should say, than, than some of the more backward-looking data. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's happening in Europe in particular and, and also the United States, but uh, no, it'll give us a first read of what's happening in the manufacturing sector. We know from a from a broader perspective that services will hit much harder by the shutdowns and the lockdowns. So I'll be more interested to see what happens in those uh, no figures, which will also come out uh, alongside that. Uh, we also have uh, Jerome Powell speaking from the Federal Reserve. Uh, beyond what he's said numerous times uh, no, over the past month or so, I'm not sure what else he could possibly add but uh, the markets as always we're going to cling to every word he has to say yep lots to watch that is the cob for today thanks for joining us planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.